Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Now let's listen to today's message. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're continuing on the series this morning on worship. And uh, our key scripture for this series that I'm using as the jumping off point is Acts chapter 16. This morning we're going to look at verses 25 and 26. It says this. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you. Your, your word is it's alive. It's living. It's powerful. And God, it has the ability to discern what's in our hearts to change us, to show us a better way. And I pray this morning that we would have Paul and Silas experiences as we learn more about worship, God. We would have experiences where we see people supernaturally loosed as we worship you. And Father, I thank you that we're all growing individually and corporately in our understanding of the power of praise. And Father, I I thank you as always for these moments that we share, these moments that we get to spend together as a church family. And I thank you, God, that you're always faithful to meet us. In Jesus' name. And if you believe that, declare amen. Amen. You know, this is kind of a weird fall for us. Uh, For the last seven years, um, our falls have been consumed with football. Uh, Whether it was Zach playing football uh, in high school, Megan cheering at football as a cheerleader in football games to Zach being away at Eastern Oregon and playing football at Eastern Oregon. Football has been a big part of our life. And it just feels a little bit weird right now that uh, we're not booking hotel rooms and planning Sundays off to be at football games. But uh, what's interesting about uh, what, what's happened with us in our family in, in the sphere of football, is that the rowdiness came out of us. If you ever went to one of our son's high school football games, um, we hung out with the rowdy parents. You know, those parents that were yelling and screaming. Freshman year, I'll never forget, we, we start building these relationships with these people we don't know, and there was a group of us that we marched the field with the team. So as the team moved the ball up the field, we were moving with them, and we were yelling and screaming, and I mean, we were just in it, right? And as it went back the other way, we were going back the other way, and we would spend all the football game. And then as you get into the, as they graduate into varsity football, you're kind of stuck in the stadium, so you don't, you don't get that as much. But we were the parents that everybody looked at, right? There was a group of us. And we were loud, we were proud, we were obnoxious, we yelled, we screamed. Sometimes it's like, okay, am I going to have a voice on Sunday morning? Because a lot of times I would wake up after a Friday night football game and there wasn't much voice on Saturday morning. We were that group of people. And we were the group of people that were always trying to get the crowd to get into it. I mean, there's nothing, in my opinion, more irritating then it's third down, and you got this far, and it's been a brutal game. But you've had to fight for everything. My parents just sit there. And, and I was known at times to turn around and go, hello, parents! Can we support them? And I would yell. And I would get a little bit worked up. And I loved it because the parents we hang out with, they did the same thing. (laughs) And sometimes they were worse than me. Sometimes they would use language. Did you go, Pastor, you're hanging out with those people? Yeah, these are my friends. These are my people. (laughs) But see, 
Sometimes I think we have more common sense at football games than we do at church. Because there's a principle. You know, they call it the extra man on the field. And that's the crowd. And the crowd can make the difference between winning and losing. There are some football stadiums you don't want to be in because it's so loud and the fans are so obnoxious that it's like having extra players on the field that you have to compete against. And see, in those stadiums, you know what those people have realized? They've realized the same thing that Paul and Silas understood, and that's that praise precedes victory. That sometimes you've got to enter in and you have to go for it before you get to the place of victory. And a lot of times victory is lost because you won't jump in. You won't get into it. That's one of the things that used to irritate me. We've got inches. And I, I loved, uh, it's the same thing in Eastern Oregon, the stadium seats, they're aluminum bleachers. And what's great about aluminum bleachers, you start stomping and they just, and they start vibrating and they get louder and louder and louder and louder. And I hate it when I'm in the stands and I'm stomping my feet and I am going for it and the person next to me is going, Come on. But see, we need to understand and, and bring into our life that praise truly does precede victory. We see it here in the book of Acts, but you know, we also saw it at the walls of Jericho. You know the story of the walls of Jericho? They marched around the city in silence. But on the seventh day, Oh, they made some noise. They made some praise. And what do we know about the walls of Jericho? They fell down flat. And Jericho was overtaken. And it happened because of praise. See, we need to realize that praise precedes the victory. Paul and Silas understood this. It is as they praised and they worshiped God in the prison that the chains fell. And you know what I love about this story? Is the chains didn't just fall off of Paul and Silas. They fell off everybody in the prison. Did you know that your praise has the ability to set somebody else free? The way that you praise, the way that you enter into praise and worship in church has the ability to transform somebody else's life, not just yours. That's what happened with me. Started going to church with Janet. Before I came to know Jesus and all these young people I used to sit and hang out with, they would start praising God, and it made me want to praise God too. And it changed me. It set me free. I went from smoking dope and playing Zelda to worshiping God, reading my Bible, going after him. And it was because of somebody else's praise. The second word that I want to bring about in this series from the, from the book of Psalms, that's where we're looking. We're looking in the books of, book of Psalms at the different words for praise. But the second word I want to bring to us this morning is the word tuda. It's funny because it's spelled to-da, but you say it to-da. Do we have that? You don't have it? You don't have the feelings? No? Okay. We have the sheets. You have the sheets. You have your sheets. So on your sheet it says toda, right? But it said tuda. So in my mind, I see the W where the O is, right? So tuda. And this is the praise of expectation. It's the praise of expectation. It's praising with expectancy. Tuda, isn't it? It's an extension of the hand, right? Remember we talked last week about lifting of the hands? Again, tuda has the, ex, has the same implication. It's an extension of the hand. It's 
thanksgiving. It's a confession. Some ways it's translated as it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a thanksgiving for things not yet received. It is a thanksgiving for things not yet received. See, it's really easy to praise God when you already got it. Hello? I mean, you know, if I told you, if I told you today, okay, when we roll up that garage door, there's a new 911 Cabriolet for every person in the building. Right? You'd be like, yeah, right, Pastor. But the second that door go up and you saw however many 911 sitting in the parking lot, you know what we hear? Woo! We would hear praise. <laughs> Maybe if you'd be Corvettes, I don't know. For me, 911 Turbo Carrera, Cabriolet, just saying. Person's got to have their focus. But it's a thanksgiving for things not yet received. I would put it this way. It's the praise of faith. It is the praise of faith. It is what you do when you are believing God to come through. You praise him. You praise him. You know, there was a season in our life when uh, Janet and I went through a very dark season, and it was dark. And we had a key scripture that we spoke out of our mouth probably a hundred times a day, and that, that scripture is Romans 8.28. And it says that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I will never forget what that verse says because it's so burned into who I am. You know what? That means that any situation that I'm in that I can't figure out, it's okay because God is coming through. And so I can praise him. I can say, you know what, God, I don't see the answer here. I don't see the solution. But I know by faith you're coming through, so I'm going to praise you. It gives us that ability. So what do you do when, when things seem hopeless? What do you do when things look bleak? you do? You toot up. You praise God. You praise God. When things are beyond your control, beyond your power, beyond what you can figure out, you praise God. You praise Him. You look to Him with expectancy. You say, God, I know that you're that's why I love the song Authority, the last song that we sang today. Right? Things change on your authority. What do you do when things need to change? God, things change on your authority. I, I look to you in faith. I, I look to you. I know you only have good for me. So, God, I know that you're going to work this out. God, I don't have the answer. I don't have the solution. This need isn't met. God, I know that you're going to come through. So I offer you the praise of faith, and I look to you. I look to you. Psalms 56, 11, 1 through 12. It says, in God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to to you. I love that. In God, I have put my trust. You know what Tudai is? Saying, God, my trust in you. It says, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? You know what? Tudai. God, I put my trust in you. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? To die. I praise you. Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to die to you. What do you do when you don't have the answer? What do you do when you need God to come through? What do you do when things look bad? You praise him. You praise him. 
Psalms 50, 22 and 23 says, whoever offers praise to God glorifies me and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. God will rescue you. Think about that. God will rescue you. Can you think of a time when he's rescued you? Where he came through? You know when we praise him for that? Before it happens. Because he's faithful. He's going to come through. I love Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know what this word thanksgiving means? This particular word for thanksgiving means actively giving thanks to God in worship. It would be the New Testament equivalent of to that. Actively giving thanks to God in worship. You know what's really interesting is um, in the United States, uh, we are the most prosperous nation in the world. We have more than just about any other nation in the world. We live at a standard that is far beyond any other nation in the world. Even the poor in our nation are incredibly blessed compared to the overwhelming majority of the world. But you know what's interesting? Is even with all of our blessing, we are the most drugged society on the planet. And the drugs that we take are the number one drugs that we take in America are for anxiety and depression. And if you struggle with anxiety and depression, I am not coming down on you at all. Okay? I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to struggle. But as a culture, the number one thing that we struggle with is anxiety and depression. We are overwhelmed. We are an overwhelmed culture. Do you know what the answer is? Tuda. Tuda. It's to set our focus and our expectation and our faith that there is a God that is going to see us through no matter what we face. That he's bigger than all the concerns and the worries of our heart, of all the burdens that we carry. He is bigger. And so as we worship him, as we praise him, as we to die him, you know what happens? Those things slide away. Some of you have experienced it. You've come in on a Sunday morning, you can just feel the weight on your heart. You just feel the burden on your shoulders. So weighed down, so concerned with just the concerns of life. And then somewhere in the middle of the praise and worship set, you feel it lift. And you feel that shift. You can feel that, that change. And all of a sudden, it, it doesn't seem so, so heavy. It's because of Tuda. Because you're activating your faith, your praise to the God who controls it all, who is faithful to you and will see you through. See, we need this to be part of our life. But too many people relegate Tuda or Sunday morning. Can I tell you, it should be part of your Monday morning. It should be part of your Tuesday morning. Part of your Wednesday morning. Your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday. Heck, it should be part of your Tuesday afternoon. Anytime you feel just the weight of life, it's time to tuda. God, I just, by an act of my faith, I praise you because you're the God that always comes through. You are always faithful. And you're going to get me through this. 
I'm so thankful for two daughters. So thankful. So thankful. Because there are days, if it wasn't for it, I don't think I'd make it. Right? (laughs) I'd be Mr. Grumpy Pants. Hello? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And some of you live with Mr. Grumpy Pants. Mr. Grumpy Pants needs to praise. Maybe you live with Mrs. Grumpy Pants. Okay? Grumpy Pants come in all sizes. And both genders. Hello? Sometimes we need to praise. The third word that I want to give you out of the book of Psalms for praise is the word zamar. Z-A-M-A-R. It's the word zamar. And zamar is this. It is the music of praise. It is the music of praise. I don't know about you. I am so thankful that we are not an a cappella church. Right? I love electric guitar. Probably more than some of you. But I love electric guitar. I love acoustic guitar. I love the drums. I love the keys. I'll take it all. Okay, I like the bass. Right? I even like the cowbell. I like it all. Right? But Zamar, it's the music of praise. It's to make music to celebrate in song and music. To celebrate in song and music. Can I tell you, one of the places that I see this happen, celebrating in song and music, is sporting events. You ever notice that? Right? I mean, it's like you go to a basketball game, and then you, uh, the, the guy gets on the keys, and it's the doo-doo, right? And they start playing that out, and everybody just swipes out, right? It's that, that music has the, the ability to just, it just, something about the instruments just bring life, right? But it's to celebrate in, in music, song. It's to touch the strings or the part of a musical instrument. One translation says to pluck, right? Because how do you know if I just touch it? Yeah, that's not doing much. Right? But I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pluck it. But that's what it means. It, it means to, to touch or to use the musical instrument. Psalms 144.9 says, I will sing a new song to you, O God, on as harp, as a, on, on as harp of ten strings, I will sing praises Zamar to you. Psalms 57, 7 and 8. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Zamar. Awake up, my glory awake. Psaltery and harp, I myself will awake early. It's to praise God with the music. It's to pluck, to strike a chord, to play a rhythm. It even means to play a cowbell. Right? It carries that connotation. It's to use an instrument to offer praise to God. To use an instrument to offer praise to God. (laughs) Have you ever been in church? In fact, this happened a couple weeks ago. In fact, I'm not going to use my church example. I'm going to use my Friday night example. Ben Juan Sheila invited the worship team over to their house on a Friday night. And not just the people who play on the worship team were there, but, but Matthew joined us, and Josh and Christy were there, and Janet and I were there, and you know, pretty much this whole row right there was there. A bunch of us went to their house just, just to praise God, just to worship God together. And at one point, nobody was singing. It was just, you know, just ambient, man. I mean, you know, Matthew was playing the keys. Izzy was, was playing the bass, but she never plays the bass. It was totally cool. She's playing the bass. 
at one point, Josh is playing the acoustic and Zach, or Zach's playing the electric. They'd all kind of mixed up the instruments and they just started playing and you could just sense the presence of God in that moment. Nobody was singing a word. Nobody was playing a song they even knew. They were just playing. That is amazing. It's when the instruments start to worship and give praise to God. And see, we don't think about that. We think, oh, it's only our voice. It's our voice and our hands and it's our feet and it's our claps. <laughs> right? I love coffee. It helps my personality so much. <laughs> I'm just a much happier person, caffeinated. But there's times when the instruments, they start to play, and it's as if they themselves, the instruments, are singing to God and offering him praise. And those are incredible moments. I knew this this guy, I guess I still know him. I haven't seen him in years. But he, he played the, the electric guitar. And it seemed like every time he played the electric guitar, it was like he was prophesying through his instrument. It's like you could sense God start to do something when he played his electric guitar. That's the man. And can I tell you that there are times when our team is together and they zamar. It is amazing. And you don't always get to see it. Because a lot of times it happens on a Wednesday night. They'll, they'll get done with, with practice. In fact, I loved summer when Zach was home. Um, one, because he's my son and I kind of love him. But um, actually, I, I really love him. I don't kind of love him. But they would get done with practice. And then they would just start jamming out. And you could just sense God on the music they were playing. And they weren't playing any song that you they were just playing and somehow God had brought them in unity and they would just be playing and it was just so awesome. And that was Zamar. And, and a lot of times as people in the congregation as we enter those Zamar moments where they're really worshiping. I mean, they're always worshiping. The second they touch their instrument, they're praising God with their instrument. But there's times where as they start to praise, you, you just know something special is happening. Well, what do you do if you're not one of them? Do you know what you do? God, I just want to worship you in this moment. Mm. Sometimes, you'll, sometimes you're so impressed to sing a song you never sang before. You just felt led to sing, to sing. Maybe sometimes, you'd, sometimes you just feel led to sing in the spirit. And the Apostle Paul said, he said, when you pray in the Spirit, you need to worship in the Spirit. Sometimes it's just appropriate to worship in the Spirit in those Zamar times. See, just because you're not playing an instrument doesn't mean you can't enter in. Sometimes you just need to hum. So when we hit those Zamar moments in church, it's not time just to stand back and watch the band play. Can I bless the engage with them? Amen? Mm. It's another aspect that I want to share with you this morning. You, it's all right. You can let it go. It's good. I, lo I love having a little, little Zamar going on. Maybe sometime I'll have a band preach with you. That could be fun. Especially if they're not on the drums. They get excited and start mm, hitting the kick. It'd be great. There's a word in the book of Psalms that a lot of people miss. And it's the word Selah. S-E-L-A-H. And I, I've always heard it taught that Selah was to just take a moment and ponder that, that moment, just sit in it. 
But as I've studied for this series, I've discovered that there's actually arguments about what that word means. The theologians are in agreement on it because it's not a word that's definitive. And that there is a potential for other interpretations other than just sit in the moment. See, most people believe that it, it's potentially a litur liturgical musical mark or an instruction on the reading of the text, something like a stop and listen. of worship, stop and listen. Selah. Stop and listen. And it's amazing because if you learn to recognize the moments of where, you know what, I just need to stop and I need to listen. Well, so many times God will speak to you so clearly in Take that Selah. But there's another perspective that says that this, the Selah, that when you would see, when you see the Selah in the book of Psalms, that this is time for a musical interlude. A time where we don't sing our praise, but a time when we just simply play. That in the Selah moment, we sit and we stop and we receive as you musicians play. It's a moment. And I'll tell you, there are times that as the team plays, that the singers go silent. But it doesn't mean that praise has ended just means that it's shifted and we've entered into Zamar. And what's really great about Zamar is Zamar is a time for a lot of us to receive. It's time for a lot of us to receive. You, you might enter a Zamar moment and just all of a sudden feel overwhelmed with emotion. Why is that? Because the praise is still going on. It's just not happening with our mouths. It's a different moment. And what's great is a lot of times you can sense these moments. You can realize that it just something feels different. There's been a shift in the room. We've entered a new place. Remember when the very first part of this series last week, I said that, that the worship's not a static thing. Right? It's a process that we entered into. So there are times that in the midst of our vocal praise, as the instruments play and we sing, that God moves us into Zamar, where the instruments praise and we enter a place of receiving. And it's not a time we disengage. We're just not engaged with our mouth. And, and I really want our, I really want our church to become aware of these things. Because I can tell you that our, our worship team, and just so you know that our worship team is not just the ones you see here, they're the ones that are back there as well. Because it takes both of those groups, even though they're separated by this chasm, it takes both of them working together. They want to take you to Zamar moments. But we have to be ready. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you are a dream team member, you don't want to miss now moment. Because there's going to be a Zamar moment. I can tell you right now. And you're not going to want to miss it. 
So worship team, you come back to the stage. And as we did last week, we're going we're gonna to take and start applying the things that we're learning in our worship. And can I tell you, this morning, as I was worshiping God, I had a point in time where I didn't hear them singing. I heard you guys singing. I could hear you over. I mean, I'm, I, where I sit right here, that speaker's right at me. I like it. Because I like it loud, right? Ride with me in my car. Or come to my house. I like music loud. There's a lot of sound coming in. And there was a moment this morning where you overtook everything blowing towards me out of this massive speaker. Because you were entering in. So this morning is they begin to play. Let's remember last week and let's yada. Right? Cast our thoughts, right? Set our hearts on God. Let's tuda. Let's praise him this morning with expectancy of what he's gonna do in our life, in our family, in our church, in our careers. you know what, if an opportunity presents itself this morning, let's turn into worship to Zamar. Team, you lead us.
somebody the opportunity to come to know Jesus and what's amazing is that you may not realize it but Jesus has been chasing you down and we, we say things in church that are not always accurate like I came to Jesus or I found Jesus but the reality is, is we didn't find him he found us that he bankrupted heaven come to earth to encounter us to give his life as a sacrifice for ours and you might be here this morning either in this room or online and, and you realize that Jesus has been chasing you down and, and I want to I want you to, to know that Know there's there's nothing better than letting Jesus catch you. You know, when, when our kids were little, we, we play hide and seek and things, and the squeals of joy and delight when they would get caught. And 
and then get wrapped up in an embrace from daddy. It's awesome. Can I tell you, that's what it's like when you finally respond to Jesus. It's like getting caught up in your, your father's arms, the father that you've never encountered, that loves you so purely. There's just nothing better. So if you're in this room or you're online this morning, and you'd say, you know, Pastor, I, I've sensed that Jesus has been chasing me down. you, I'd be so honored to pray with you. Right now, online campus, they're going to put up an opportunity for you to request prayer. We have people ready to pray with you right now. But if you're in this room and, and you'd say, you know what? Pastor, I'm tired of running from Jesus. I see his goodness all around me. I see him chasing me down and I'm ready. Just say, Jesus, catch me. At you, I'm just going to ask you to be real brave and just slip up your hand. We don't do this to embarrass you. We do this because we want to see you and we want to connect with you because the majority of the people in this room have done that. And said, Jesus, I'm ready to be caught. Is there anyone like that this morning in the room? Thank you, Father. One other thing before we go you're here this morning in the room or online and you'd say you know what I, I need someone just to pray with me last week was maybe a heavy one to walk through it was difficult it had its trials maybe you are battling sickness in your body or you've gotten a bad report from the doctor maybe you've got a relationship that it feels like it's in distress and you need God to do something in that relationship if that's you, we would be so honored to get to pray with you, to agree with you. Because we believe that God will change and move your situation. And all it takes is a simple ask, which is what praying is. So if you're here this morning or you're online and you'd say, I need someone to pray with me. I, I just, I don't want to carry this on my own anymore. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody at all in the room, you, you need prayer this morning. Oh, you're all being timid. Right there, okay? Right here. Right over here. Right here. Can we have prayer partners go stand with these? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, for these online, Father, we pray. Right over here, Leah and Riley. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we just lift up their need. God, your word promises us that you never leave us or forsake us. In any circumstance or difficulty, God, you're always faithful. So, Father, we pray for these. And Father, we cast our cares this morning on you because you care for these. You care for us. Father, we call a shift in these circumstances right now. A touch in that body. A touch in that body right now in Jesus' name. Move in that relationship. Bring healing in that relationship. Healing in that relationship in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, there, there's somebody this morning, and um, you've been, you've had pain right here. Like, call it your sacroiliac, it's just a, a group of joints right here, but you've been struggling in pain right there, God's doing something right now, Some God's touching, and I want to say it's even the left side, just the left side of somebody's sacroiliac, God's touching it right now, is that you in here or you online, who is that, anybody, right, oh. right there, right, right here, Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your healing power at work. God, in these joints right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your healing power. Mm. Inflammation gone. Movement restored. In 
Jesus' name. In fact, there's a there's like a warmth salve that's just been put on that joint. You can sense it right now. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just bless everyone right now. Thank you, Father, that you go with them into their week. Father, I thank you, God, that when they face that thing this week that seems bigger than them and they don't know what to do, that they would turn off. They would just lift their hands in praise. They would glorify you and magnify you. They would exercise their faith through their praise because you are faithful. Father, I thank you for them. We thank you for this time together. I ask you to go with them into their week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we love you guys. Are you getting anything out of this series? Anybody learn anything new? Man, I, have I been studying this? I've been learning so much. I'm so excited. Anyway, have a great week. If you would like more information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.